You're listening to the Renegade Blitz Podcast, a podcast for Steelers fans by Steelers fans. Follow us on Twitter at Renegade Blitz, read articles on RenegadeBlitz.com, and like us on Facebook. And welcome back to the Renegade Blitz. I'm Ty Polk with Chris Ward and Brandon Walker. And we're about to recap the loss for the Steelers. They lost 26 to 17 to the Las Vegas Raiders. At least we got the losing out of the way early, I guess. You don't have to see the Steelers lose in week 12 or week 13, whatever it was. It's been so long ago and it's repressed memories, but this one is going to stink for a while, possibly. Yeah, it's never easy when Steelers lose to the Raiders. Uh, for some reason, you know, John Gruden's 2-0 and against Mike Tomlin, who uh, used to be an assistant coach with on Gruden's staff when he was in uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, and, and Ben's 2-6 and six in his career against the Raiders. So just uh, Raiders have always given the Steelers fits. I agree. I, I had a feeling this was going to be close. I had a feeling that they would cover this game. I don't know what the final score was, but I bet you I did co- cover the spread if I bet it on the team. The better team won yesterday, I, I believe. The more balanced team, the more physical team won the game yesterday. Better team on both sides of the ball, bottom line. Yeah, I think the better passing team won. Certainly the Raiders were the better passing team yesterday. And that uh, deep shot to Henry Ruggs third. well, that that was a killer. That was the one where I think if you were watching that game, it's like, boom. There goes the dynamite when it comes to the Steelers' chance of winning that game. Yesterday was still a little bit to play, but that's one moment you could point to. You could also point to, again, Mike Tomlin just not having faith in his offense and electing to try to punt the ball away and try to make his defense get a stop, which they could not, and it effectively sealed the game from there. Yeah, I've I seen some people you know, arguing against – you know they didn't they didn't think it was a bad decision by Tomlin to you know punt the ball because they 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 say that they they stopped them. Well, they did give up a first down, but my point is that they gave up two thirty two up on the clock. Uh, you know that's a valuable time in a you know a two possession game. And, and the main thing is that the defense was gassed and they were decimated by injuries. Uh, you saw Roethlisberger coming off the field. You know he looked obviously frustrated by the decision and uh, he, he had some. Uh, interesting comments after the game too, where he said basically he had no no decision in it, you know, no no say really. He was just coming off the field, and the punt team ran on ran out there, and it was it was funny on Sunday night. The Ravens uh, in prime time they did the complete you know different situation, but they yeah. did the complete opposite. John Harbaugh asked Lamar Jackson was like, "Do you want to go for it?" And you know they went for the win there. I mean, a little bit different because I mean it's pretty much a no brainer there. You you have a one point lead and. You know, a little bit over a minute left to go. You don't want to give the ball back to Mahomes. Nope. You're right about that. I, I didn't think – yeah, it is, they have no offensive identity. That's their issue. What I think is people are not going to admit it now, but everybody knows it. Ben is officially washed up. He's officially washed up. He looks like a quarterback is just going through the motions, looking for one last payday. That's what I think. Yeah, and we mentioned this back in March. We just didn't think this uh, team was set up for him, especially in the offensive line. You know, he lost half his, you know, most of his offensive line, you know, left. 
and uh, the receivers that they they got outplayed compared to what the Raiders receivers were doing. Uh, like I mentioned at the time before the show that Hunter Renfro made some incredible uh, grabs there. And, uh, you know, Claypool had a couple of opportunities where he, he didn't come up with the catch. I know we were talking about that play in the end zone. That was a tough play because Casey Hayward did make a good defensive play there in the end zone. But uh, the one where he got hit late in the game, uh, you know, maybe, you know, that, that's a tough play, but you have to make those sometimes. Yeah, Casey Hayward went back into the time machine on Sunday. I, there's no way to explain it. Uh, the interceptions leader in 2016 really showed his worth in that game, man. That deflection over Claypool. Claypool added in his hands. That was just jarred loose. There's there's a situation where you just have to go. That's a great play by a corner. And also, one more thing. That fourth and one situation. Look, I understand that it's tough for the Steelers offense to get a yard, but fourth and one, entire playbook's open. I expect someone on a quick slant to hang on to the ball. You're not going to Ebron in that situation. But surely you could just say, hey, Juju, this is why we have you here. We need that catch. Make that play. And, or, or and I also expect that I know that it's been tough sledding for Naj- Najee Harris, this entire running attack. I don't think James Conner would be making that play on fourth and one, so I don't blame him for punting. But there's just a certain situation where you just go with your rookie running back, and he has shown that he can make something out of nothing. I just think that at the very least, you you try to hand it off to him. You try to make some little shifty play there and just say, I need you to get at least two yards. Which he's perfectly capable of doing, but he's probably going to give up what, what I was going to talk about later this week on with the Courier because I'll get the right there. I would say you should build your your offense around Harris. You should at this point. You got too many disrespect, not disrespectful, but miscommunications amongst the offensive line. I mean, an offensive line, yes, because they're young. Between Ben and DeAndre Day Johnson, Ben and Claypool, and I think he's the guy that can turn your offense around, build your build your offense around him. If your offensive line can run block better than the, I think your run blocking comes first. You develop your run blocking, then you revert your develop your pass blocking, and then you get those chunk plays that they wanted because they only had two yesterday on that one drive to make it 16 14. Yeah, uh, you know, going back to that fourth and one situation, uh. You know, I agree. I mean, if you can't get a yard, I mean, you don't deserve to win the game in that certain situation. I mean, what? and I've seen people talking about Derek Watt had zero offensive snaps. I mean, you pay this fullback all that money, like why don't line up in a high formation, power formation, and hand it off to Najee Harris to get that yard? Or, you know, there's also why not quarterback sneak it with Roethlisberger? I mean, Tom Brady's 44, and he's excelled at the quarterback. You know, he's the art of the quarterback sneak. Uh, I just, I, I just don't understand why they, um, you know, like I mentioned on Twitter, Twitter, like it wasn't the main reason why they lost, but I mean, I, I clear, it clearly wasn't the right decision by Tomlin just to, to punt the ball there when the defense was tired and, you know, so many injuries. And I know they only gave up one first down, but they did lose some clock there. It was uh, two thirty-two. The Raiders uh, ran down there, so you know, in a, a tight ball game like that, you know, every minute counts. And, you know, say that if they did go down there and had a long drive and got a touchdown, 
that would have made it a, they were down nine. So say then you make it a two point game. Uh, maybe the defense has a little bit more rest and, you know, maybe they get a three and out then. There's a lot of things you could think of right there. Uh, with, with Derek Watt, you've seen the Steelers have, I remember specifically during the off season, they had a play on, on Twitter that had Derek Watt in as an H back. And that's a pretty good idea, especially whenever you have a blocking tight end and Fryer move who, by the way, is basically tight end number one. Now I've, yeah. I've officially jumped off the Ebron train in case you <laughs> ever wonder uh, you that, that tweet by the renegade blitz podcast page. That was for me. So yes, I have finally jumped off the train. I have, I have finally left the station when it comes to that. So as far as I'm concerned, I put it to you like this, put Fryer move out there, put wide out there moving, move him in as an H back. And you at least have two blockers out there that could hopefully do some sort of lead blocking as long as Trey Turner's not spitting on someone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so you're on, so you're on the Penn state Pat, Pat bandwagon. I, I was, I was looking for the only reason I was on the Ebron bandwagon last year is because at least for the first half of the season, he was a reliable tight end catching threat. Now that, Come on, man. There's just some things that's just like you got to have it at that point. And when Ben Roethlisberger does his legendary pump fake and then it's going to Ebron and it's a typical drop, there's just like a certain point where it's like, all right, man, you got to make something happen out here. I want to believe in this guy. I really do. I I think he was a pretty good tight end for what it is. But whenever I see that there is a better option out there, I could see where I want to where other people are going like, yeah, they should make a move. Did he really spit on? Did somebody really spit on him first? I don't know how you. I I don't know how that could happen. It's at least with a, uh, with a like cage and all that stuff. If if Trey Turner managed to spit through that cage and actually get on a jersey right there, he should go become a sharpshooter for the FBI or something like that. <laughs> because yeah, I mean, that's a that's a, that's art crazy. right there. I'm sorry, but but it's something that he shouldn't have done, and it's just. I mean, you can understand like trying to trying to stand your ground against the coach, even though that's the wrong thing, because he did try. Because I do remember that last game against the Chiefs with that one player for the Browns. Yeah, that coach did push him first, but he shouldn't have pushed back. But I can understand where it's going. Like you're not gonna be by someone out there in basically a a jacket. But when it comes to just spitting on another man, it's just like, dude, you could do anything else there. You could forearm shiver him in in the face mask. You could slap him in the head with the face bash. You could rip his helmet off. Uh, there's just something better you can do in that situation. I mean, there was no uh, video evidence as far as the player spitting on him. I didn't but, see uh, spittle. Yeah. There, there was a clear shot of Trey Turner spitting on a Raiders defender um, by, by CBS. And, uh, you know, Tomlin said after the game, you know, basically like, you know, someone spit on him first, and that was the way he reacted. Uh, you know, that's why he reacted the way he did. Um, Tomlin made no mention about Turner. I don't. I don't even know if he knew that Turner did spit on a Raiders defender, but uh, he he didn't feel like uh, that he should have been ejected from the game. He should have been. He thought it just should have been offsetting penalties. But uh, yeah, definitely, you know, if if he did get spit, like as he claims, he could spit. You know, that's definitely rough. But in that situation, you gotta be cool and. Uh, not stoop to their to their level really because you know I mean you just don't want like like you said like a, a, a punch or like a forearm thing would have been better 
than uh, spinning. Because, it just looks you know, better. It, it, lo- it looks it bad. Even though and, punching uh, and forearm shivering a helmet is dumb, but it still yeah. looks better. Yeah, it's just yeah. not a look. It's, it's low class type of move. Uh, and, you know, as we mentioned, Turner did say that he got spit on first. But uh, and, and also in a COVID era, too, like, yeah, NFL is not going to be happy. Like, he's going to get fined. I read that he's not going to get suspended, but uh, you can expect a pretty hefty fine there. There's no place for spinning anywhere. That's like, if you did that on the street, come on. That's a fight. Don't do anything on that field that you ain't going to do on the street. It's crazy. And, and this isn't the first time that there's been a little bit of a controversy when it comes to a Raiders-Steelers game. Remember when Richard Seymour, famously known as a New England Patriot, but at this moment, whenever it happened, was an Oakland Raider. He basically cheap-shot it, Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah, he did. I remember that. Yeah, Raiders, Raiders, Steelers games. You, you just never know what's going to happen. Uh, they're always close, and unfortunately, lately the Raiders have had the Steelers number, like I mentioned mentioned earlier in the podcast. But uh, yeah, just uh, it, it definitely not a good look there with the spitting. You you don't want that in the game. So let's just continue with the rest of the offense out there. Um, Guys, do we have any hope for the Steelers running game right now? Uh, I thought yes. this zone pro I thought this zone blocking scheme was going to do something, but maybe it's taking a little bit more time to gel, but I didn't expect 39 total yards rushing. I was expecting like maybe something in the 70s, which would be fine, but it just feels like you 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 it was rock bottom last year and they're still at it. You only run the ball 10 times. You ain't even giving it a chance. You're really not. You should have established the running game. The running game is there. I don't care if you get two yards, three yards a pop. You stick with the running game, especially with this type of offense, with the offensive line. The best thing for your offensive line is to run block. Have that confidence that you move that man from point A to point B, and that will wear down the defense later in the game. And it also helps with your pass protection because you ain't going to be like blowing off the ears if you're getting hurt, getting knocked off the ball consistently. So it's it works all the time. It has been classics since day one of football from pop warning to high school to college to NFL and even your play senior citizen football. And they'll have that one day. They just uh they, they can't get anything going with the run game. It's just like seems like there's always someone in the backfield just hitting uh, Najee Harris before he could really get going. Uh, so they had a couple nice runs where like they, they had a pulling guard and a, and a tight end coming through. Uh, and you know, Najee had a big hole for that. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I would like uh, you know some of the jet sweeps do work. We mentioned uh, earlier before the show about the Juju touchdown that he had on the on the jet sweep. I do like the motions and stuff and like the, you know, kind of the misdirection that uh, Canada has on in, in his offense. And I was hoping like that would help the run game, but uh, uh, so far it hasn't come to fruition, but uh, they definitely need to get that run game going because, because they can't have Ben Roethlisberger and hit 10 times and sack twice. Uh, I mean, those were some vicious hits too that he took yesterday. And I put on Twitter that if, you know, if that continues, I don't know if Roethlisberger is going to last the whole season with, with some of like, especially with some of those hits, like that Max Crosby hit that he took. Um, he, he definitely has to be frustrated with how the offense line is protecting. 
And uh, it, they definitely need to uh, shore things up there because it'll be a long season if not. Yeah, because that's why he keeps doing those. They can't even trust their offensive line. They do quick hitches and everything up, quick hitches, screen passes. And But you, st- I still think you got to go with the run game because I think Najee Harris is your best skill position player at this point. I know we talked about who's the receivers, but I think uh, Harris is their best, already your best skill position player running, passing. You got to give him the ball at least 20 to 25 times a game or this offense ain't going to work. Can they even get that? Can they even allow themselves to have that right now? That's the question. It's still the slow starts offensively that has always plagued the Steelers no matter what, whether that offense was flying high or what they're doing right now. It's too much right now, and that's one of the reasons. When you're down, you have to throw the ball 40 times, and that's why. Yeah. But they weren't down that much. I mean, they had nine points. There's down nine points. That is still doable. You can still go with your running game deep into the third quarter, into the fourth, stick with the running game. Oakland did it yesterday. Even though they had 39 yards themselves, they ran the ball 20, 25 times. And guess what happened at the end? When they got that last field goal to ice the game, what was it? That 13-yard run off white guard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they definitely – that was a huge run in the game. And uh, it's just like this offense has no rhythm. I mean, and as uh, Brandon mentioned, how like a bunch of quick passes and, and stuff, or, you know, hitch routes, it, and Roethlisberger getting the ball out quick because that offensive line so bad. It, it looks no different than last year's offense, really. And, and that, that's – you know, it's only two games and everything. But, you know, that's disappointing to see. And uh, with Roethlisberger getting hit like he did, I wouldn't be surprised if that's the game plan going in against the Bengals of just getting the ball out quick. And uh, they, they, they have to start getting things over the middle of the field because, uh, you know, Roethlisberger, he'll throw an occasional – like, he still has a good arm. Like, he, he could throw the deep ball. Like, he, he, he he's shown that he could complete those like he did yesterday that one to, to um, Deontay Johnson and uh, Chase Claypool. But I would like to see a little bit more um, over the middle of the field and, uh, you know, just a little bit more rhythm. You know, like, he doesn't have that – he doesn't have that bend – you know, they don't have A, B anymore, obviously, but he doesn't have that, that uh, chemistry with any of the receivers right now. Oh. Oh no! Did you see that one? That one pick he threw. He just like went and he just stopped on the route. Yeah, Deontay. You no, know, he been there throw a duck, kind of a duck, but he could have fought for that ball. It, it looked bad. I knew it, that was going to be an interception the minute that came out of his arm. I'm like, and I definitely knew it was going to be picked when I, I saw him just walk, like just gave up on the route. And he's do he does that consistently at least one time a game. Deontay? Yeah. Deontay, yes. You remember that? There was so much confusion about that because I was saying on Twitter that they were saying it was a miscommunication. It wasn't a give up on the route. Or I, I seen uh, what, miscommunication, what, what all types of stuff. I saw I saw a bad throw, miscommunication, and then of course of quitting on the route. Yeah, yeah. that yeah, he quit on the route. It was a whole it was a whole conglomerate of bad execution to lead to that turnover. Yeah. I'll have to look back on it, uh, rewatch the game, but I know he definitely had a miscommunication later in the game where Roethlisberger, like, threw the ball, like, it was, like, nowhere even near the receiver. 
But I think on the interception, it might have been uh, uh, where he gave up on the ball, though. He gave up on the run. Hey, he was, it, I that, know Charles he, Davis he said it. Yeah. Brandon? Yeah, yeah, he did say that. I was like, I was looking at, I was at home watching it. I'm like, uh, it happens at least twice a game with them. So, I mean, it's going to be a thing all season long with him, with Claypool. You got, and I think they should start giving the ball to Penn State, Pat. Yes, that is my guy. Don't ask why he is. He just is. I think he he's the best tight. He's going to be the second best tight end of this draft, and I think he's going to be a player for him. He they need to just start trusting him with the ball, especially in third down situations. Yeah, I would like to see like in that against Buffalo when he had that uh, over the middle catch in the second half. There, uh, I would like to see more of that with Firemuth or you know play action or you know the RPOs that they do. You know, you know that would be a good uh, to. to to get uh fire with more involved hey. but, uh, right now, just like the receivers, like they're just okay right now. They're not they're okay. Not spectacular. Like they're not living up to really their, their hype or their potential. I'd like, I'd like to see Juju get more involved with, you know, back to good, you know, over the middle. I mean, it just, uh, I think they need him over the middle at this point. He wants to be an outside yeah. guy, but they need him over the middle. Yeah, I, th- I think he's a slot guy. I know he wants to be an outside guy because of the money, but and he could be it. But yeah. this offense cannot do an outside receiver unless it's a Claypool or Johnson right now. Yeah, they're they're best suited for the outside. Right. He just he has to accept his role in the you know the slot, and and also maybe James Washington. I like I, I was saying before the show about how. He had 12 snaps, and he had – I think he had one target, and it was like a drop or something like that. You but, are correct. One target. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah. It was. Um, maybe get him involved. You know, he's a good he, – he always uh, showed good, great hands and stuff. Uh, get, get him on some deep passes or something like that. You know, they, they got to extend – you know, they did throw the ball a little more deep against the Raiders, but, um, you know, Roethlisberger wasn't very efficient. You know, he did have the two deep balls that he connected on, but I think he was like two for nine – and had one interception, I think. But uh, <laughs> this offense is definitely concerned. Matt Canada, he really hasn't impressed. I mean, it's a, it's a, a small sample size, two games. But I think it's really personnel. But <laughs> I, I think it's personnel and how – I think it's personnel now more than how they are deployed because they're doing stuff like a regular NFL offense right now. And one thing I want to talk about personnel-wise is what we've been – gouging upon mostly because it depends on everything else. And that's the offensive line. Chooks core four got bowled over by Max Crosby. There's yeah, no question was... about that. And I'm sorry, but there's no, there's no possible way in the NFL that you have an offensive lineman like that, unless you're Alejandro Villanueva, the Ravens, but that guy was basically playing ring around the Rosie. At least Chooks tried to stand in there with that guy, which you can <laughs> respect, but Sorry to diatribe about Villanueva, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure most Steelers fans have seen that. But right now, Chooksacor for thank you. Really appreciate your service, but there's got to be something better here. I, I, I now want to see Mitchell Schwartz out here. I, I'd be like, you gotta, you gotta have something out there. There's just no pulse on the edge tackles right now, yeah, outside you know, Dan it, Moore. Yeah, he's he's been okay, you know. Uh, I have to, you know, I mentioned I have to watch the game, but I've been seeing people that have watched, uh, you know, people that are big into uh, analytics and stuff or analysts 
Uh, they said Kevin Dotson didn't have a good game yesterday. Mm. Uh, so that, that's interesting. I know Kendrick Green is a much better run blocker than he is in the pass blocking department. So they, they really don't, they, they don't have any elite guys on their offense line right now. And, you know, maybe Zach Banner comes back in week four and, you know, take Chooks out, put Banner in. Maybe he'll help a little bit, but I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Banner's knee. I know that. I know he had an ACL injury that was week one last year. So I don't know if he regret, like, well, he did regress what they said from the reports, but, you know, the ACL injuries are always tricky and stuff. And, you know, he's a big, big guy too, as being an offensive lineman. Mm. So you, I'm, I'm just saying, you think this is a talent issue? Or you just think their chemistry isn't where it needs to be? Because it usually takes about a half a, half a season to get your chemistry down. I think chemistry it, would help right now, but right now I don't see much on the talent aspect in terms of that. Uh, I just don't know. It's just like sometimes I, I, I kind of get why people questioned why they decided to go offensive line so late. But also, when you look at some of the – like, they were connected to Tevin Jenkins. Tevin Jenkins is not playing right now for the Bears. He's hurt. It, it only looks good because of that right now. The uh, question is, is there enough talent on this to even buy time for them to gel? I don't know if there's enough talent right now that you could see where they can have that time to say, okay, let's see what we got. Oh, sorry. What round did these two go in? Uh Green third, more fourth. Mid round picks, yeah. And they they could probably develop into something right now, but with with what the Steelers committed to with Ben Roethlisberger, it was not what was needed on the docket. And and I'm not. I loved Najee's stiff arm yesterday, but I'm kind of seeing why people were going like, I don't know about that. But they kind of painted themselves into a corner with the running back situation. But also, I don't know if the offensive line would have helped anything because not even Trey Sermon's playing right now. So what are they going to do? It's kind of just a damned if they do, damned if they don't situation. And right now it looks bad. It might look good in a few weeks, but I'm not sure. Yes. Yeah, if you're, yeah, we have to see by week eight, week eight. If it's week eight, week nine, yeah, you're going to, yeah, you, you might as well chalk that up. But, whew. Yeah, y'all don't got a so you and Mitchell Swartz is out there. So, but your only real egregiously bad spot, I think, is your right tackle. I, I think, think maybe that plays a role in what I think of it. I, I just yeah, don't I think, think it, that a core or is as good as we thought he was, or he is what we thought he was in case of some Steelers fans. So right. the question is. Do I want to have an extended look at Banner to see if there's something like that? Yeah. You put you put so much time into the guy. He's coming back after an injury. And in the very limited sample size they had with the Giants, as far as this is going off memory, he didn't look bad. And that was like one of the few times in which the Steelers had at least an offensive line that could do something in the running game in those first five games. We'll see. We'll see if he comes back and they see if he can make a impact. He can't do more worse than a core four. Yeah, yeah. Troops and core four has been, been pretty, you know, he's been abysmal. And we, we, were, we, were, we were wary of this going into the season because he wasn't that good last year. And mm-hmm. uh, I really didn't have very high expectations for the offense line going into the season. And uh, yeah. 
Roethlisberger too, uh, you're, you're seeing he doesn't have that mobility. You know, his age has shown like he, he wasn't he wasn't throwing dimes out there like Derek Carr was. You know, stopping dimes. Yeah, he just he wasn't in the zone or he didn't have that rhythm. Uh, I don't know. I just, I just don't know about you know. It's still it's still early. You know, it's a week two, but I just don't know if Roethlisberger is gonna will be able to you know carry the carry this team on his shoulders like he once did. He can't. And no, no, very he can't. And that goes back to your point with Najee Harris getting those twenty five carries a game or you know really exploding you know you know getting receptions out of the backfield and and on and getting a lot of rushing yards as well you know kind of like what Christian McCaffrey did against uh the Saints yesterday yeah so let's move on over to the defensive side of the ball and I'm no longer gonna doubt Derek Carr anymore I'm not gonna do it anymore that's no longer the hill I'm gonna die on at least with him I can I can now be convinced, like, okay, this guy's legit. Like, I think he's a solid starter in this league now after after seeing it in person, seeing the Monday night game. Of course, it's very early in the season, and he does have a tendency to tail off, but there's been a lot of enough good things over the course of his career that I can now no longer tie him into his brother, at least in terms of not being exactly what we thought he could be. Because he, he was free. He didn't have to worry about Marcus Mariota occasionally taking a read option snap. He just went out there and played, and he looked pretty good. Right. Uh, Tevin T.J. Watt got out of the game kind of helped, too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that helped a little bit. Like, but then again, yeah, but they got some weapons. They got Renfro. Yeah, got Ruggs, who is going to be a one of the best – I think by year's end, he might be the best deep threat in the NFL. With Carr, if he develops that chemistry with Carr, whoo, watch out. Yeah, they, the and Raiders are predicated off speed, and they finally have a speed guy that can actually catch the ball in rugs. So that's the one good thing for him right now. They have Waller as well. Renfro looks like he could be something. Kenyon Drake, he's always looked like this guy that – you don't know about him, but you know that at least when he's on his game, he's solid. And yesterday he was solid. You got Peyton Barber who had that nice run. And the thing that impressed me about our offensive line didn't look too bad. I mean, they had that one moment when TJ Watt, well, I mean, Leverwood had a couple of struggles, but other than that, they did their thing. I know they didn't run the balls particularly well, but I still thought. They did just enough in the running game for Derek Carr to make an impact, get his his chunk plays down the field. Yeah, their their left tackle uh, Cole Miller, who's probably their best offense lineman, uh, had a really good game. I thought uh, you you didn't really hear too much from Highsmith. Uh, Melvin Ingram had a, a pretty solid game. He was going up against that backup right tackle and. Like you mentioned, Leatherwood, he was struggling big time. I thought T.J. Watt was going to have another, you know, one of those games, but you know, unfortunately, he had that groin injury, and uh, you know, what a, what a, a big blow there with Tyson Lou and Lou, um, a fractured ankle, and uh, the reports are not pretty really good right now. Some are saying that he could be out for the rest of the year, or it's just uh, he's going to be out for an extended period of time. Tomlin said so. Uh, that that's not good news for the defense. And he looked even before the game, it was announced that Joe Hayden and Devin Bush were out with uh, both were dealing with growing injuries. 
So and then you've added Stefan to it, who's on injured reserve right now with a, a knee injury. That's that's five starters they they you know you know essentially didn't have against the Raiders uh, yesterday on defense. Let's take a look at this injury situation with the Steelers, and you mentioned the groin. Yeah, there was three of them. There was three of them. Uh, uh, who else? Devin Bush had one. T.J. Watt, and I believe Hayden had it as well. Yeah, Hayden did too. I don't know what's up with that, but it reminds you of the situation a little bit before the season started with the Ravens in which everyone was tearing up an ACL or Achilles injury. I'm not exactly sure what constitutes getting a groin injury. Is it just – it's close to a hernia. I know that the sports hernia stuff like that, but I don't know if it's stretching or something like that or getting caught up in the turf. I, I just don't know how to stop groin injuries. I, I'm fortunate to never have to deal with a groin injury. Yeah, it, it's like more, I think sometimes it's like early in the season type thing. Like you have cramps. It always happens like at the more the beginning of the year. I think TJ Watt's going to be fine, but I think part of it is he didn't really have any, wasn't exactly in game shape, not that he needed to be in game shape, but having a little bit more game shape in the preseason could have helped him out. And that may have could have prevented it. Yeah, there there's a lot of things with that. But then you look at the other two guys and go, okay, if you mentioned that about game shape, then what about those guys? Because they played a solid bit in the preseason. And of course, we're largely full participants in training camp. Right. I mean, it could happen to any like early in the season. That's just something I think is an early season thing. But I mean. This defense have gave up a lot of yards these first two games, more than the usual. So, I mean, number one defensive team or well, top tier defensive team, they gave up about, they gave up, what did they give up? Three. I don't have the exact number. They gave up, they gave up over 400 yards on 382 to a car. They gave, I don't know the exact number to uh, Josh Allen, but he threw for a lot of yards. What's going on with the secondary? How do you feel about this defense right now? Well, 425 total yards for the Raiders. So, and and in terms of passing, 373. So, yeah, that's not very good. But I think this is giving a lot of proof to how much Joe Hayden means to this team. Akella Witherspoon, I know some people are trying to give up on him early, but there's just like a certain bit. I want to give that guy a bit more time because he's a rangy corner and you need those six, three corners out there, especially against some of these giants at receiver. So I'm going to give him a little bit more time, but he, I he just, should be going up against rugs. Yeah. That one he burnt, that that's the corner that he, he's 25. The one he, uh, who got like kind of not kind of got very scorched by Henry rugs on that play. Right. That was him. Yeah, that was him. Okay, I was wanting to make sure that was him and not Norwood because I knew he was a long name on his back. I'm like, I can't read the name. He got burned. He he, on on a waller there. That was just a great play. I mean, the Steelers, like Tomlin said after the game, they have to keep a lid on it. But the Raiders did a really good job of executing that play. Um, You know, sometimes you just get got there, and that's what happened. Yeah, it's, yeah, it happens. You get burned occasionally, and I know some people want to put it on Minka back there. He's the center fielder or so, but there's only so much you could do whenever you run single high out there. Yeah. He's got to choose. 
He's got to choose a certain location to be. Yeah, but for the rest of the cornerbacks, I didn't think they had a really good day. Um, Cam Sutton, he had a missed tackle, I know, on that one play where um, he let up a first down. Uh, and James Pierre, man, uh, Renfro, Ruggs, and he even gave, gave up a touchdown there to Edwards, but uh, it was called back because uh, um, Leatherwood was called for holding. So, yeah, Pierre didn't have a good day either, which was kind of disappointing because you wanted to see him make that leap there with uh, Joe Hayden um, inactive. Uh, you guys want to talk about at least like the linebacker situation in terms of that. Schobert had two passes defended, and uh, Spillane had to had to fill back in because of Bush's status that game, and uh, uh, it just hasn't it, been it just hasn't been last year for old Bob Spillane. He did he did have a better game when it came to run stopping though. Uh, he, well, you he expect made, that with him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, as far as pass cover, like they they didn't really have any situations where he got. Um, exposed in there. It was more Schobert. Schobert actually didn't have a good game mm-hmm. in pass coverage. He gave up a touchdown to Moreau there, the tight end for the Raiders, the backup tight end. And then uh, he got beat by Waller uh, for 25 yards late in the game on that final drive that where they, right. iced, where they iced the game. So that was it wasn't a good day for Schobert. Uh, Spillane actually uh, he had he led the team in total tackles with 12. So um, he actually was a kind of a positive, like along with Boswell, who had the the record for uh, longest field goal in the history of Heinz Field, uh, where he made a fifty-six yard field goal. So in the wind tunnel, too. Yeah. So if you yeah. want to say winners, like I guess you go Spillane, uh, Boswell, and then you have to give it to like Najee Harris for making that twenty-five uh, yard catch and run for a touchdown. But Plus the rest, a stiff arm. Like, yeah, the stiff arm, and then. You know, Deontay Johnson, he did have a 41-yard grab, but, I mean, the inconsistency there, and Chase Claypool just didn't do enough. I know he had that big uh, big reception, but um, just, just not enough there to be, you know, a standout uh, for the game. Right. I mean, they were on the field for, what, 35 minutes throughout the game? Yeah, yeah they left the yards. They gave up them chunk plays. Number one, against uh, T.J. Watt got hurt. I'm talking about balance on the offense. It, it keeps going back. I, we always talk about, it, but it always circles back to the offense. You have to establish balance on your offense, and it also hurts your defense too, because they've been on on the field way too long. Yeah, thirty-five to twenty-five in time of possession is not a winning recipe for the Steelers. They were beat. In time of possession last week against the Bills, that's something that was lost in the glamour of the victory of it all. And they also lost the turnover battle with uh, Roethlisberger's one interception, and the Raiders uh, ended up turning that into a field goal. So in tight games like that, you know, every every point counts. And it's going to be because they're going to be in a lot of tight games. This this is a, this, this season. We weren't surprised that they lost this game. Where are you? Are we sitting here surprised that the Steelers? Lost yesterday? I'm not really. I mean, especially Are you shocked the that they lost this game yesterday. Well, no, it, it was it wasn't like the classic Raider, Raiders loss where the Raiders it, like it's just abysmal and it ends up beating. It, it wasn't a Tomlin special. Yeah, yeah. It, it was a uh, you know once Hayden and Bush were ruled out, and then plus the injuries in the beginning of the game with with T.J. Watt and Alou Alou. Uh, it definitely kind of made you think, you know, man, this game's going to be tight. You know, the Raiders did come, were coming off a short week and, you know, we're traveling, you know, almost from the West Coast, really. So 
don't know. I, I wasn't really too – I thought the Steelers would win this game, but, I mean, it, it wasn't a shock at all. Yeah, once you started seeing all the injuries coming in and then, of course, during in-game the injuries and just the running game still can't get it together and, and you can't fight gravity. That's what happens when when I put one word to this Steelers loss, it's gravity. Yeah, and plus, you know, like you met Derek Carr played a great game, and you know he, he's for through first two games. I mean, he's been playing. Uh, I think he he has well over eight hundred yards through his first two games, um, and he has impressive receiving core. He has Waller, who Gruden thinks is the best player that he ever coached. <laughs> even Which though it's hard he, to say when <laughs> when you look at that entire. I'm I'm like John. You want to John go watch your. It's Tony Dungy's team, but still, go back and look at that Super Bowl. Please do, because you had guys like Joe Jervicious, uh, uh, Keenan McCardell, what else? Keyshawn Johnson. You had freaking Rondé Barber. You also had, who was the running back at the time? I can't even remember the running back. You said Rondé Barber. Oh, Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman. uh, Michael Pittman Pittman Sr. Sr. Michael Pittman Sr. Uh, You could go up and down in terms of that. All Scott, the Mike All Scott. Um, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. You're you're saying that's the best player you ever coached. And meanwhile, let me take a look at that defense: Derek Brooks, Simeon Rice, Booger McFarlane, Warren Sapp, Barber. We've mentioned before John Lynch. Uh, who else? Dexter Jackson, who actually won the Super Bowl MVP award in that Super Bowl against coincidentally the Raiders. Um, yeah, John. Please Don't stop. Don't forget, he, he coached Jerry Rice also. He goes Jerry Oh, Rice. yeah, that's right. Jerry Rice, no, no, no. Tim yeah, Brown. Yeah, Jerry Rice, Tim Brown. Before that, he coached – he was the offensive coordinator in Philly when they had Ricky Waters, uh, Hugh Douglas, Brian Dawkins. He was a young player on that team. But yeah, he wasn't so. as good as what, what he would become. So I well, could give him that. But, but in terms of who he had – at certain points of his career, that's high praise to heap on Darren Waller, who is a great player. But whenever I look at that, I there's certain there's certain things when you go back and look at his history, you go, "Are you sure about that?" Yeah, Gruden sometimes he kind of talks just he just he off, just off talks pure, out of his you yeah, know what talks pure emotion in in the moment too. You know, Waller's a great player. He's, Great talent there for the Raiders, but uh, and even I was reading some uh, some headlines there from the Athletic. The Raiders, uh, yeah, Khalil there. Mack at one point as yeah, well. Yeah, that too. Um, even no, for no, like no. thirty seconds. Yeah, I was gonna say that he traded them away. But the the Raiders' defense is playing really well too. You know, they struggled getting after the quarterback and their pass defense uh, last year, and you know Max Crosby's really coming on there. Yannick Ngakwe. Uh, and they got some pretty good players there in the secondary too. Uh, who's that? Who's that guy? That uh, Abraham, uh, the safety. Abrams. Yeah, Abrams. That's right. Yeah, Abrams. He's he's, he's not he's the, kind of a low key, dirty player, but okay. <laughs> yeah, low key moaning. Uh, yeah, moaning for TCU. Uh, they have they have they have a nice got- little squad there. Whenever you really take a look at it. No, they do. I think you know what. More, I think I. If I had uh, some, which I do, I do have some Mahoney's. I'm not ready to go there yet. Give me, give me, give me midseason 
when we, you know, evaluate the season and whatnot to tell you how I feel about the Las Vegas Raiders, and then I'll give you my bold prediction then, a bold prediction then. Not today. I'm not doing it today. I ain't overreacting right now, but you were up, like you beat the Ravens and the Steelers on in the span of six days. That's the hard part of the entire That's division. Hard. That ain't that ain't easy. I don't know too many teams have done that. That have... so yeah, that still would be an impressive victory if they get that. They knocked out three of the bigs, at least in most people's eyes, in the AFC North. So there's a lot to see about these Las Vegas Raiders. I'll certainly keep an eye on them out there. And, well, we're about to move on to the next team coming up, and that's the Cincinnati Bengals. We are going to have Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer on for our next podcast, a preview podcast for Bengals Steelers, and that will be coming out a little bit later in the week. Well, it's going to be exciting to see what we'll find out more about these Bengals. They're one and one on the season so far. They lost their last game, but still, there's a lot of promise out of that team, and it's going to be exciting to talk about it. So until then, for Chris Ward and Brandon Walker, I'm Ty Polk. Thank you for tuning in to the Renegade Blitz. Thank you for listening to the Renegade Blitz podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Renegade Blitz. Read articles on renegadeblitz.com and like us on Facebook. Our podcast is available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, iHeart, and Spotify.